This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this is the show for you, Fight Night Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, is Talk Sports' very own, the great Gareth A. Davis, for another busy, busy show today. One year ago, Tiafima Lopez caused, arguably, it was actually the shock of the year by beating Vasily Lomachenko. And this weekend, he found himself on the wrong end of even, I think, a bigger shock, losing to George Cambosos Jr. We're going to unpack that. Amir Khan and Gelbrook are finally set to meet in the ring. We'll hear from both fighters. We're talking about Anthony Joshua as well. After he said he wouldn't accept step-aside money for Usyk Fury, then a few minutes later said he'd consider it. What's going on there? And Tommy Fury and John Fury have been speaking to talks ahead of Tommy's fight with Jake Paul later on next month. Look, don't go anywhere. Busy show. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Square Garden doesn't get much bigger than this. What a battle! Has the takeover been overtaken? And the new, new IBO, WBO, WBA, WBC franchise, and Ring Magazine lightweight champion of the world, George Ferocious Cambosa. Everywhere we go, we, people are always talking about the fight. They want to see me beat Kel. They want to see me fight Kel Brook. We've both been around a very long time. We've both turned professional around the same time as well. So there's always been that talk saying, who's the better fighter, who's going to win? I think now it's time to see who's going to win. Their careers were going off in different directions at different times. 
There's a lot between these two fighters and a lot of reasons that, that exist. Khan is a superstar in many people's eyes and Kell Brook is not. Always fight the best, always be willing to take on the challenge and be the smartest, the hungriest. If the, the money's right, we have to look at it. But respect for me is, is, has a lot more value. These two uh, young fellas are going to go out there and put it all on the line and somebody's going to get beat. Someone's always got to go. Because when he jumps through them ropes on December the 18th, and he realises, I'm not a YouTuber, I'm not a basketball player, I'm not a wrestler, I'm not a UFC fighter. I mean, he gets hit with a nice sharp jab. Tommy is a fan. He asked me for a picture back in 2017 in Ricky Hatton's gym. He knows asked you for a picture. I think you find that was your brother Logan, mate. He's more of a man yeah. than you. Oh boy, got a busy show today. Loads to talk about, honestly. Like, so much to discuss of what happened on the weekend. Anthony Joshua's kind of back and forth comments. And then... And then yesterday, mind my own business, Ame Khan versus Kel Brook gets announced as well. So we, we've had to squeeze that into the show. Uh, who better to talk to about all these things, though, than the great Gareth A. Davis? Gareth, my man, how are you? Uh, busy, 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 my friend. As <laughs> I that can package imagine. intro dictates, it's a very, very Merry Christmas Boxing Day coming up tide. If yeah. I can put it that way. No, no, it, perfect way to put it because look, even between <laughs> now and the end of year, we've got so many fights. Um, not just over here in the UK, but America as well. It, fingers crossed we still get the Gennady Golovkin uh, versus uh, Murata fight. I know Japan have closed their border, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Look, loads to get through. Let's get into the show. Uh, together with The Zone, let's take a look back at last week's rumble in the concrete jungle. I like that. We'll see if Emma Lopez went head-to-head -head with George Cambosos Jr. over in New York City. Big Fight Review on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Your boxing, your way. Download the DAZN app or visit DAZN.com. It's, it's going to come to a time, Gareth, where a lot of fighters don't want to go over to DAZN because it's almost like it's where the upset seems to be happening nowadays, Matchroom DAZN. I mean, you go back to the start of the year and you think of Josh Warrington losing to Mauricio Lara. I thought that was the upset of the year. Like, we're done now. And there's been upset, upset, upset uh, throughout the year. Obviously, a big one on the weekend, Tiafimo Lopez. Um, getting beaten. It wasn't like a lucky punch. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, it wasn't like a Kiko Martinez, Kid Galahad situation, was it? It was a boxing uh, clinic a bit there that George Cambosos put on. Credit to Tifima Lopez. He rallied, I think, in rounds nine or ten. But the way in which Cambosos just closed the show, knowing that you're away from home, the judges might not be fair to you, and he closed the show in rounds 11 and 12, and I was just waiting, praying. Look, I, I like both guys, but I was praying that the right person got the right got his hand raised there. And for a second, when the referee raised Teofimo Lopez's hand, I thought, okay, this has gone wrong. But when George Cambos has got the decision, I was happy for him. I really was because he's been a bit of a road warrior and he deserves his, all the success that he's getting right now. Well, I think if you look at any sporting event where you've got a 13 to one favorite and the underdog is coming through and winning uh, the contest or the battle or the fight in this case, um, you, you naturally go over towards the underdog and mm. you go and support them because it's, it's drama, it's theatre, it's yeah. a moment in time. And, and, and that kind of theatre happened really in the first round where, you know, it was five in the morning over here and I was, well, it didn't start till just after five, did it? And um, I, 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 my eyes suddenly opened up. I'd had a couple <laughs> of coffees because Tiafimo Lopez sat about Cambosos like he was a paper bag. And it didn't make any sense. He had no respect for this undefeated record. Mm. He had no respect uh, for the guy's boxing ability. 
He had no respect for the fact that the guy had clearly stated his intention as challenger all week. I think Tio has grown enormously in lockdown. <clears throat> I spent time with him in Las Vegas, Eddie. Yeah. Um, round the Fury Wilder trilogy fights. And he, I think he's grown too much in a way. And I think he thought well, he was going to... or mentally? No, 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 he's, he's, no he's, he's grown in every way, psychologically, okay. physically, mentally, emotionally. Okay. But where he hadn't grown was in... He'd beaten Vasyl Lomachenko 15 months ago, mm-hmm. and now he kind of felt invincible, and, yeah. and he's not invincible. Mm, and in that first round, Cambosos was so clever. He was um, riding the right-hand punches of Tio. Tio was headhunting the whole time. He thought he was going to blast through him. When Cambosos hit him with that looping right hand and knocked him over, knocked him down, it changed the pattern of the fight. It, it made Teofimo Lopez realise that he was in there with a serious challenger. Mm. And it filled Cambosos Jr., who, let's not be, let's, let's be absolutely clear about this, in his DNA, his Greek ancestors are from Sparta. His grandparents <laughs> moved from Sparta to Australia. He is descended from Spartans, yeah? And he proved that on Saturday night. For me, he will ever will forever be the man who will never surreat, never retreat, and never surrender. And he showed that on Saturday night. He took everything that Tio could give him. He mastered him in the fight, and he was prepared. I I I, I mean this kind of poetically. Mm. He was prepared to die in there for his cause. No, you know he, he feared nothing of Tio, and he was smarter on the night. He got the job done in a better way. And he fully deserved his victory. I scored 115, 112. Mm. Um, I was so pleased he got the decision. I think it's the upset of the year in boxing. Ooh. And Tiafimo, oh yeah, well, it's, it, it's clearly up there. As uh, You may call another one or two here, but it's the upset of the year. Mm. No one picked, or not that I am aware of, no one significant that I know picked Cambosos to do that against Tiafimo Lopez. Was he drained at the weight? Maybe as well. So that could have been a factor, but it was an epic fight and, and so worthy of all the unified lightweight titles. Agreed. It was, it was such a good performance. Even when he was on sort of, it was on the wrong end of it in the first round, like you say, when Tiafima Lopez stormed out of the corner and really thought he could knock him out in the first round, as he had predicted. The way in which he weathered that storm, the way in which he weathered the storm in round 10 when he got put down, it was... <laughs> It was the way he weathered it like a veteran. Like, this is a guy that's been in 45 fights, and it isn't the case. Obviously, he's been sparring, and he has been Manny Pacquiao's sparring partner for the best part, what, three or four years, and you you, you can kind of see that, right? I mean, if Pacquiao isn't knocking you down, and we know Pacquiao was a whirlwind a few years back, then he's probably thought, you know, I can handle this. I can handle whatever you're bringing to your yeah. Fimo. Yeah. And yeah. it really was a sublime performance, and the world's his oyster right now. I mean, you know, he can have a voluntary in Australia in front of 50,000, then come back to America, and... It's a pick of who wants it. I mean, anyone from 130 to 135 really could step up and he can make a lot of money. So good luck to him. It's like he's won the lottery ticket in winning those belts. And and fingers crossed to Tiafimo as well. Who, can, go on, go and jump in. Can, can I just say, look, Cambosos deserves a massive fight in Australia. I mean, yeah. I think we have to underline it and say it's one of the great performances ever by an Australian Agreed. boxer in a world title fight. 
And and for Tiafimo Lopez, mm. ride the hype. This is the expression. Uh, uh, it's not used enough. Ride the hype, but don't ever believe it. It was too much, wasn't it? You know, really, I'm really like Gareth. You've watched thousands of fights. I don't think and I've, I've watched hundreds, not as many as you, Gareth. But I've watched a few hundred myself. I don't think I've ever seen bad corner advice like his dad gave him. There were times when he was looking like a lost kid in there, T-Film, and he's looking at his dad thinking, help, give me something here. Like, this kid's a lot better than we thought he was. I haven't blown him away in the first round. I'm hurt. My face is swollen. Give me some real strong advice. Calm down. Don't scream at me. Don't say different things. Don't confuse me. Just give me some advice like they're getting the, the Cambosos corner. And his dad... Look, and you've interviewed his dad, I'm sure, many of the time. I thought his dad was awful in that corner. I really did. Mm, mm, mm. He, he needs to look. He's, he needs to look at changing his team. Like this, they're very close. Those two. I mean, they're brilliant together. They're like two peas in a pod. Yeah. Um, Tio and his dad are very emotional, very open uh, people. Uh, you know, Puerto Rican heritage, and mm. and they're very proud men, and and they're they're beautiful people actually. But they, as I say, they've got to be careful with the hype. For me, Eddie. Mm. Um, when when Cambosos, his dad should have been saying, when Cambosos is fighting, you box. And when he's boxing, start to fight. And, not, not, and that's all he needed to say to him. That's all he needed to say. Because there's no question that Tiafimo Lopez is good enough to beat Cambosos. So he wasn't schooled in there. But, but on the night, wrong tactics against the wrong guy with the, who had the right self-belief and the right game plan. It, it certainly was. Um, what did you make of Tiafimo Lopez? And look, I, I always feel it's difficult to hear from fighters in the immediate aftermath of a fight because adrenaline's running everywhere. You're not quite sure how the fight played out in your head. But what did you make of that interview after where he interrupted Cambosos getting interviewed and said he won the fight or he felt he won it? He actually said 11-2 and then obviously corrected himself immediately after and said 10-2. I mean, look, I mean, look, again, he got booed by his own fans in saying that. And that's what you like about boxing fans. They will come on to you if you say something silly. What did you make of that? Well, he can't count for a start, can he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> um, but but, but um, no, he'll recover from it. It, it, it was, you, he's 23 years old. Yeah. It's youthful exuberance. It's the bitterness of having lost. Mm. The adrenaline coursing around his body. The fact he could have gone on. Um you know, so it's a difficult one, but um, you know, he he, he he's, he's a bad loser, and that's yeah. not a bad thing if you want to come back and be a two-time world champion. What um, we'll end on this one, Gareth. What is the biggest fight for Cambosos in America next? So again, I, I think Australia. I don't think anyone's going to travel over, uh, especially one of the young big Americans. I can't see them doing it. If he does come back, is it a Devin Haney undisputed? Is it a Loma? fight is it ryan garcia's ask for it shakur stevenson if you're his manager what fight makes the biggest sense do you think do a big crossover fight in with the mainstream with ryan garcia and really promote it and make a ton of money from it um it's a very very good fight him and garcia uh, him and uh, ryan garcia it's a it's a brilliant matchup because mm. again it's a guy who who can be hit and cambosos has shown he's very sneaky and very cute in, in, in the ring um, against a guy who has kind of equalising power. Um, I'd make Garcia favourite in that fight, even though Cambosos has just performed brilliantly. But this is the kind of underdog who's going to upset the apple cart. You know, Haney's tricky, fast. Javonta Davis, I think I've always said, before this fight, the fight I most wanted to see at lightweight was Tiafimo Lopez and Javonta Davis. Yeah, same here. Um, I kind of still want to see it. But, uh, you know... 
Tio's got a little way to go now to, to get his stock to rise again. Yeah, he certainly has. All right, that was a look back at the action. Uh, thanks to DAZN, your boxing, your way, DAZN, game changed. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2, and that was a look back at the action. Thanks to the zone. Uh, still to come, we'll be talking Anthony Joshua after he done quite a confusing interview with IFL TV. I think it's fair to say we'll also hear from Tommy Fury and John Fury. But next, we're going to chat about Amir Khan and Kel Brook finally agreeing to meet in the ring. Finally, he's always avoided the fight. I think that he's, he's back against the wall of his fight. This is, nobody wants to see him in America. No one's seen him in any other fight. This is the biggest fight out there for him. This is probably why he's, he's probably ended up taking the fight. Uh, you know, he seemed very tensed. I was quite chilled. He seemed very, very tensed. Even when I was doing the um, face-to-face at the start, he was really tense, so you could see. So I had to kind of calm him down a little bit, push him back a little bit, so, you know, relax yourself. Is he still a superstar? Um, not so much now, and I think the moment he went in the jungle, for me, his serious fighting days were behind him. But as far as star quality is concerned, he has the star quality. Yeah, he certainly does have the star quality, Amir Khan. Um, Amir Khan versus Kelbrook finally happening. That will happen February 19th, press conference to announce that yesterday in London. Both fighters going head to head and look we're going to hear from Amir Khan and Kelbrook a bit later but look you know what as much as I'm upset it should have been six years ago and it should have been when uh, Kelbrook beat Sean Porter Amir Khan coming off really good wins against the likes of Louis Colazzo and Devin Alexander I tell you now I'm still going to watch it I'm still interested I saw a little sneak peek of the behind the gloves thing yesterday Johnny Nelson uh, doing the job he does and he does a fantastic job Wade he almost just sits back and lets the fighters go at it and I was like you know what take my money what is it 1995 yeah, have it now because I'm sold on it. Uh, I've grown up on both of these fighters. I've loved both of them for different reasons. And you know what? Better late than never. There are some fights in boxing that just don't happen. Junior Witter, Ricky Hatton is one that springs to mind. Uh, Riddick Bowe, Lennox Lewis. At least we're going to get Brooke Khan. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit excited about it, Gareth. Well, another similar one, probably more similar than any other one mm. that you didn't mention there is Joe Calzaghe and Carl Frost. Yes. Where, where obviously Carl Zaghi was late in his career, um, and Frotch was 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 younger in his career. But there was there's a resonance between the two guys in mm. terms of Carl Zaghi was extraordinary at the end of his career, so brilliantly talented, and probably didn't want to give Frotch the opportunity to. Joe got more and more nervous as his career went on because he it, like not losing. Um, not losing a fight became so important to him because he, you know, he went all the way there to, to 46 and 0. So I think with Amir, um, in many ways, he, 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 it, it, overall, he has achieved so much more, mm-hmm. an amazing representative. And you have to rewind here. Yeah, great. It's, it's, of course, you're excited about it. You don't need to listen to the, the fluff that's going on, um, on social media that, oh, this is too late. These are two guys who are 35 years old. They're in a similar state of decline, which makes it an even fight. Agreed. There's no rules about fighters fighting each other in their, in their prime. And I'm going to explain why they didn't, um, because there, there's a lot of reasons why. <clears throat> and it goes all the way back to Amir Khan. Obviously, they boxed each other in the amateurs. Um, and uh, in sparring, sorry, they didn't box, they sparred each other. And Khan was very fast at the time. They were two very young men. It goes back 16, 17 years, this Addy. And obviously, I covered Amir as a seven. I interviewed him when he was 16, actually, before the Olympics. And he was an extraordinary talent then. If you recall, he didn't want to get, they didn't, GB team didn't want to pick him 
Um, and, he, and he even considered uh, boxing in the Olympics for Pakistan in Athens in 2004. So he went to the Olympics. He's a 17-year-old. He loses in the final against Mario Kindelan of Cuba, uh, who was a, a double Olympic champion at that point. Of course, he was defending his Olympic title. And Amir came home. His, his dad, Shah, was a lovely man. They're a great family. Um, his dad's wearing the Union Jack um, waistcoat. Amir's a young British Pakistani Muslim kid from the north of England and one of the first identifiable stars crossing over into the mainstream and loved by the mainstream in our society. And, and it was a lovely moment. It, was, it showed the diversity. It, be, it began a, a, a degree of diversity. We know now, you know, we've got cricketers playing for England, Adil Rashid, Moen, Moen, um, Moen Ali, guys who, who have a resonance now within our communities, which we had before with, you know, um, ex-Caribbean uh, people being British champions, the Brunos, the Bunny Johnsons. The, we, we, so he, he, was a, he was a formidable moment, Addy. Um, and I'm talking about culture and society here. Amir's been a star in our society mm. because of the things he's been able to bring. He's not got a bad bone in his body. You tell me one thing that Amir Khan's done hugely wrong. Um, you know, I, I know he, he, he's portrayed as a playboy at times, but he, all these kind of things before he was married and, you know, he, he likes a bit of bling, but he's done so much for charity. He, he's done so much to to join cultures together. Um, and I think because of that, his growth as a star, he went to America, he was on the axis with Manny Pacquiao and Freddie Roach, and he was trained by Freddie Roach in the wildcard gym in Hollywood, Los Angeles, uh, where he was on this axis of greatness. I went to see him so many times there. Um, and he grew, he's grown with it all. When he went uh, into I'm a Celebrity, I knew he'd be really popular. I knew he'd be pushed into the tests because he's got a vulnerability about him as well, an innocence about him, Amir. I remember his mum him telling me about his mum always cleans the spiders out of his room. That was when he was in his 20s because he's frightened of spiders. Um, so I think you take that journey and you take Kel's journey. Kel had to come up the hard way in Amir's shadow in a way. And it wasn't until 2013, 2014 that Amir made a massive impact, uh, that Cal made a massive impact as a world champion, beating Sean Porter in, Porter in Carson, California. He's had to live in the shadow of Amir Khan. And from 2014 onwards, Cal has wanted that fight with Amir. And Amir's teased it away from him. And in 2016, when they were very close to fighting, I've had so many conversations with Eddie Hearn about this. Of course, they go divergent. Amir wants to go and be the first big fight in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas against Saul Canelo Alvarez. And uh, Kelbrook gets an opportunity, the same thing, to step up two weight divisions against the most feared pound-for-pound -pound puncher on the planet at the time, Gennady Golovkin of Kazakhstan. They both lose, and then they go their divergent ways because they both got badly stopped. Broken eye socket for Kel and a knockout for Amir Khan. And then they've had to rebuild their careers. They've both been beaten by Terence Crawford now. Similar level of decline. Time to fight each other. Very intriguing fight. Don't care what anyone says. This is for bragging rights and legacy forever. 
doesn't need a belt. It's the championship of each other at £149. Sir, I rest my case. And you rest your case, indeed. Let's hear now from both boxers. Let's start with Amir Khan. Look, for many boxing fans, the fight might be happening five years too late. TalkSport's James Avundra asked Amir Khan why the fight's happening now. We go everywhere we go, with people always talking about the fight. They want to see me beat Kel. They want to see me fight Kel Brook. And I think it's come time now where, you know, we're going to... Um, we're going to have to show them. I mean, the fight's come now. We can't, uh, there's no turning back now. And uh, show, the, show, show everyone in Britain, show everyone around the world as well, that people, there's people around the world who are interested in seeing this fight as well, to show them that who the better fighter is. See, we have, we've both been around a very long time. We've both turned professional around the same time as well. So there's always been that talk saying, who's the better fighter, who's going to win? I think now it's time to see who's going to win. Do you feel like it's better late than never? Exactly, you know, I think it's better late than never. I think if I didn't do this fight, then it was always been said that, you know, we would love, boxing fans would have always said we would love to see that fight, but it never happened. But look, I'm glad now we had the opportunity to uh, have this fight and um, put in a performance, hopefully, that what people won't forget. Amit Khan speaking to James Savunja. Let's hear from Kyle Brook. He says February's fight against Amit Khan matters more than anything else he's done in his career today. He spoke with TalkSports James Savunja at this week's press conference. Kel, it's great to see you today. It's been a, been a little while. How pleased are you to finally get this over the line? Um, ecstatic, you know, finally. We've been talked about since they were a teenager, you know, and finally, he's always avoided the fight. I think that he's, you know, he's been pushed, you know, he's, 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 he's back against the wall in his fight. This is, nobody wants to see him in America. No one's seen him in any other fight. This is the biggest fight out there for him. This is probably why he's, he's probably ended up taking the fight, because... Believe you me that this has been on the table for a long time and he's never wanted the fight. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, whatever, whatever's been said and done, we're, we're here now. It's across the line and the fans are going to see and a, a, a fire what's going to go down in Istra, this fire, this grudge match. You know, King of the North, we're going to find out and, uh, and I know it's going to be me. I know that I could see in his eyes that he knows that I'm coming to bring the heat. He knows that, I, he knows that I'm passionate. He knows that there's real, there's real hatred there between us. We don't like each other. It's not, it's not a game. This, you know, we just generally just don't like each other, and uh, it's going to make make from for a, a mouth watering, exciting fireworks, popcorn, 19th of February, Manchester Arena. Yeah, I'm sold. Uh, to hear more from both Amir Khan and Kelbrook on this fight, head over to TalkSport Boxing on YouTube. You can also hear from Domingo, Ben Shalom and George Groves, to all of whom have had their say on the mega fight on February, sorry, February the 19th. Uh, quick question here, Gareth. Uh, look, you mentioned the fight could have, maybe should have happened back in 2013 slash 2014. Who was favourite then, do you think? Who's favourite now? Well, I'm going to say it's 2016, when I think it was very close, and I think they were both still very much... You know, when they were 29-30. Yeah. I, I, I had picked Amir Khan to do very well early in the fight, but then Kel to catch up with him yeah. and get to Amir in the late rounds and maybe even stop him. Mm. Um, uh, there's two things, I think, now. Um, as I say, it's made at £149 as a severe penalty for going over the poundage. Um, six grand, figures. It? Yeah, it might be 100 grand per... Well, six figures, they've said. Uh, could be 100 grand per pound. Mm. Um, the... Kel obviously stru uh, struggles for the weight, uh, which is a difficult thing. But outside that, um, Kel is very emotional about this fight. And when I spoke to him yesterday, 
he said he's not going to be able to lose that emotion. And I think that could be an issue for him going into this fight because he's got to stay calm um, because his best chance of winning is to take the heavy-handed or fast-handed onslaught from Amir Khan early and then look to, to land as Khan and get Khan on the back foot. Khan is a brilliant fighter on the front foot. He's always been vulnerable on the back foot. Um, it's a very, very close fight. I used to favour um, Kel. I think Kel might struggle with the weight. Um, but, you know, I, I genuinely see this as a 50-50 and it could come down to the first man that fails to implement their strategy properly. It's a swan song fight for both men, Eddie. I think it's the last fight they have in their careers and they are going to hear the echoes from the winner for the rest of their lives. They certainly will. All right, you're listening to Fight Extra on TalkSport 2 in partnership with DAZN, your boxing, your way, DAZN game change. Next, we're going to hear from Anthony Joshua after he gave, some might say, a strange interview this week. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Always fight the best. Always be willing to take on the challenge and be the smartest, the hungriest. That, that step-aside thing, it may not go with what I stand for in terms of does it bring me the respect? It doesn't go with me fighting the best at that time in my career. I might fight the next, but it may make the smart, it may make sense for the business. Interesting, um, kind of confusing interview from Anthony Joshua when he spoke to Coogan Cassius of IFL TV. This is Final Extra, myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth Faye Davis. Let's hear a bit of that interview. Anthony Joshua spoke to IFL TV whilst in Dubai. He explained his approach to the question whether he would step aside from the rematch with Alexander Usyk. Remember that rematch scheduled for March, April. Let's hear what he had to say. So, like, we have a rule when it comes to, like, my brother and my cousin do property, and they have a rule where they have this price 
quality versus type, there's like a free, free, like a triangle rule. So price versus quality versus time. You want to pay cheap, you get quality, but it might be done quick. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you want it done quick, you might have to pay more, but the quality might not be as good. So like, there's always like a free way rule. So for me, it's like, yeah, that, that step aside thing, it may not go with what I stand for in terms of, does it bring me the respect? It doesn't go with me fighting the best at that time in my career. I might fight them next, but it may make the smart, it may make sense for business. Mm -hmm. So I have to kind of look at the three rules and understand exactly what I'm getting out of it. Because every man needs to live by principles and standards in order to stay like on track. But if not, I think you're just lost if you don't have any principles and morals that you live by. So they're the three morals. I never really said it, but they're three morals that I stand for when it comes to boxing. Always fight the best, always be willing to take on the challenge and be the smartest, the hungriest. You know, when it comes to this hustle, people knew I had my head screwed firmly onto my shoulders. Uh, interesting interview again. Um, Anthony Joshua speaking to Coogan Cassius of IFL TV in Dubai a couple of days ago. To put that into context, um, so Coogan Cassius asked Anthony Joshua the question, like, would you take step-aside money to allow Tyson Fury to fight Alexander Usyk for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship next year? Initially, Gareth, AJ was very firm and strong and is like, no. He even, you know, swore a couple of times, things we can't repeat on, on TalkSport and said, absolutely not. Even if it went to my team, they wouldn't even bring it to me because they know I would never do it. And then, a few seconds later, it wasn't even 10 minutes into the interview, it was only, I think, an 11-minute interview of Coogan. A few seconds later, he said, you know what, if it makes right business sense, you know, we have to really look at it. And again, that's confused a lot of people. I'm, I'm a big AJ fan, uh, a massive AJ fan, in fact. But it's confused me, um, because like, I wouldn't think of him as someone that would take step-aside money. Look, I understand the business principles of it. If someone wants to pay you $5 million to step aside, I think it's silly not to sometimes, but... He answered the first question by saying, absolutely not. And then a few seconds later said, if the money's right, we might consider it. Well, look, behind the scenes, um, there are, I mean, Frank Warren's made no secret of it. Bob Arum's made no secret of it. Um, they've been trying to get the next fight for Tyson Fury. Um, obviously, with, with Dillian White is kind of out of the picture at the moment in a way because mm. of the WBC not mandating that fight with the champion Tyson Fury. Um, Frank Warren and Bob Arum have made no secret and I've spoken to, at least to Frank, I haven't spoken directly to Bob, but I've read things from him where they do want to make Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk next. Yeah. Um, and they do, they they would, they've, they've said they see the sense in Joshua stepping aside interesting and if joshua well think about it um fury would be a big favorite against Usyk. yep um it's also a massive opportunity for Usyk to win the undisputed heavyweight title which would be an extraordinary achievement um obviously it he might want to take that he might might fancy his chance against tyson fury it's a fight fury wants um it's a fight that frank would like to happen frank warren so there are talks going on clearly behind the scenes. This is how boxing works. And Anthony's had a look at it and thought, well, you know what? If Tyson beats Usyk, I don't need to fight Usyk again right away. I can fight the winner of that. And if it's Tyson Fury, it means we finally fight each other. And Joshua is going to have to go fight Fury. And in some ways, he might feel more resilient about going and doing that. 
Um, would fans accept I'd, that, Gareth? Well, of course they would. No, I mean, of course would, they would. They, no, what I mean is that would they accept... So so, who cares what the fans no, no, think? No, no, I'm, I'm, who I'm cares talking, what the fans think? Okay, I'm talking from the standpoint of, you, you said there that AJ could fight the winner of Fury Usyk. I, I don't think fans are going to accept AJ coming off a loss fighting the winner of Fury Usyk. Well, I think I they don't would. Think even, because, go on, sorry. Do, 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 well, I, I think they would. In <clears throat> you, you make a very valid point. We're, we're, we're surmising tons of things here. Of Boxing course. is a sport of opinions, remember? Mm, mm. You know, um, it's judged on opinions. It's a subjectively judged sport. And people have opinions about styles, who's the greatest, who's the greatest of all time, who, who, who are the pound-for-pound pound champions. And what do we want to see more than anything? We want to see Fury and Joshua in a ring together. Agreed. Okay? So if Joshua agreed to not take his contractual rematch with Alexander Usyk, but in return for that, gets to fight the winner. And why shouldn't he fight the winner? Mm. Then that everyone else will have to stack up. This is how boxing works, unfortunately. It's the biggest fight in the world, Joshua against Fury. It's the biggest grossing fight in the world. Um, and, you know, where the money goes, the promoters go, the sanctioning bodies go, the broadcasters go. Look, look at BT Sports and Showtime right now. What are they showing? Jake Paul against Tommy Fury because they know it's a big pay-per-view extravaganza. No, you, they know it'll correct. reach out to the mainstream. So this, 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 and 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 a Fury Joshua fight is a hundred times bigger than that. Maybe two hundred times bigger. And so a hundred times bigger in terms of money. Yeah, no, you, so, look, it's a, it's a massive fight, and I agree with you. It's the biggest fight that can be made by some distance in boxing. Um, but. if, if that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if that were to happen, if it did happen. And look, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, conversations and look, your ear is to the ground a lot more than mine. Conversations are going on behind the scenes about this Usyk Fury thing. Would AJ have to fight Dillian White? I mean, is that a fight that would happen at the same time Usyk fights Fury and, the, yeah, and ideally be. the winners fight each other? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that, that would be part of it as well. Look, we're talking about this from that chat that IFL TV, Coogan Cassius of IFL TV mm. had with Anthony Joshua I, I didn't really understand his analogy no. with buying properties either. I, 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 I mean, I would love to sit down with Anthony and talk through that because he's obviously got um, explanations there. And it, was a, it, it wasn't a long interview, was it? And I think I, he's maybe thinking that um, he doesn't have right now what, it, what he needs to beat Usyk the second mm. time. It, he maybe doesn't want to lose the opportunity to fight Tyson Fury. It's, a, it's all a big game of chess and a game of thrones, isn't it? I'm swinging my arms around now and thinking of thrones and swords and, 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 and kind of bygone times when the gods of war met each other. And, and you know, I, I just think he was just... It, it, was, it, it was almost being fed words. Um, and I think, but you can, but you can read between the lines there that he's actually considering it. No, and, and another one... reason that he might be considering it as well, Gareth, and I think Coogan tried to touch on it a little bit was the training situation. Like, if you are potentially talking about a fight with Usyk in March, and the, the training situation is still up in arms, and no one knows exactly what's going on, whether it is still going to be Rob McCracken or someone being added to the team, that's not enough time to get ready for Usyk. So maybe he's thinking, you know what? 
all in all, it gives me a longer time to get my training situation set up. Maybe I'm not ready. I'm kind of having to take the fight with Usyk rather than really want to take it uh, come March, April. And that's the kind of the date we're hearing. Maybe it does make sense to step aside and let Tyson Fury versus Usyk get it on. What what financially is the bigger fight? Usyk versus AJ or Usyk versus Fury? I think it's Usyk versus Fury. Oh, actually, I haven't thought about that. Hang on. Hang on. The rematch hasn't been announced yet, has it? Like, no. they, they've taken the clause that it hasn't been announced, venue, date, anything like that. Look, it, it's still a massive fight that would, would that could fill Cardiff, you know, could fill Millennium Stadium, you know, mm. Principality Stadium. There's, there's no question about that. It's massive, still be hugely attended. Um, you know, it, there's there, there's so much surrounding it, so many question marks about whether Joshua can do it again the second time round, and he can. He can definitely beat Usyk. There's no question that he can't. Um, but it's it's about employing the right tactics. But like you say, it's all gone a little bit quiet. That's was that it's five weeks ago now. That no, it's uh, October. No, it's longer. It's nine weeks ago since they fought, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very long time. We've had nothing since. Nothing. No fight announcement. Um, you know, I think Joshua looks like he's been sparring by the look of his face, yep. by the way. Um, and yeah, it, it was, a, it, it was a bizarre interview in some ways. And it was, it was conducted over in Dubai, I think. It was, yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. there was a Hara um, Davis fight card over there and he was there to support yeah. Hara. Yeah. Yeah. But, but look, but I, I mean, you make a, some va very valid points there, but it wouldn't surprise me. And look, what would be wrong? What would be wrong with Tyson Fury against Alexander Usyk at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff in front of 80,000 people early in March? Nothing. I'd go there. I'd be there. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with it. I just think that, and I know what you mean, like, I think AJ will need to fight a Dillian White, get a result to then walk into the winner of it. I don't think AJ can sit yeah, down yeah. and then face the winner. Um, Gareth, last thing on this very quickly. Um, if you had to put your money on one of these fights happening, which one is it? AJ versus Usyk, oh. Fury versus Usyk, or Fury versus Dillian White? What one is happening next year? Because I don't think all three are happening. Um, <clears throat> if I, what do I really think? I, I think yeah. Joshua will fight Usyk. I, I think Joshua will fight Usyk. I think we'll have an announcement for the uh, end of the year or very early in the new year. And I think Fury will fight. Um, oh. Dillian White? I, I, I don't think he will fight Dillian White unless they take a much smaller cut. They're talking about 60-40 now, aren't never, they? Never going to happen. That's what, no, no, that's what they were at, yeah. exactly. 80-20, yeah. might get it. Um, and I think uh, my instinct is that Fury will be fighting in, in Las Vegas in, in early March as well. And, and Yusick and Joshua will be fighting in, in Cardiff. Um, and I, I'm not sure who the opponent will be uh, in America. Be rematch with Otto Valin. You never know. You, you know? never know. Um, um, look, so yeah. many. It's, it's, it's up in the air. So many chess moves uh, to this boxing game. So many. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on Talksport Two. Members in partnership with DAZN. Your boxing, your way. DAZN game change. Next, we'll talk about Tommy Fury's upcoming fight with Jake Paul, and we can also hear from his dad and Tommy as well. I'm leaning towards the Fury fight. We're asking for two. We're always asking for unbeaten prospects to fight each other. You know, these people think that they can come in and beat me because they have 
amateur careers or their professional this or the UFC that. These don't understand what they're getting into. It. And it's funny to see each and every one of them crumb fail in front of the world. A big fight for Tommy Fury. It is a real big one, right? December 18th, he will take on Jake Paul. It's a fight he's been asking for for a while, a fight Frank's been asking for as well. They get their wish. It's a fight he dare not lose. It really is. And let's hear now from Tommy Fury and John Fury, who've been both speaking with Talksports' James Avundra ahead of the fight with Jake Paul. Tommy started by explaining why he's so excited by the fight. It's an opportunity he can't refuse. Um, I'm getting the chance to rob a bank and not go to jail for it. Um, you know, on a massive worldwide stage. It doesn't get any bigger than this for me. Um, and it's come early after seven fights, 22 years old. I'm living the dream, Art. You can't say I'm not. I'm getting paid uh, millions of pounds to go out there and deal with a YouTuber, you know, in, a, in the sunny state of Florida. Does it get any better? I don't think so. And for you, John, how do you feel about this fight? Are you happy that Tommy's taking it on? I'm getting my counting fingers ready. I'm getting my fingers warmed up to count all that money. You know, at least Dick Tapin and the principal to put a mask on. It's a big confidence trick, what we've pulled on the brains of the world, and they haven't seen it, but we've seen it. We've got away with it. So I can't wait. It's all fun and games. Enjoying it more than I've ever enjoyed anything in my life. And I can't wait to see this YouTuber crumbled up in the corner, crying with his girlfriend. And you're extremely confident. Does it feel like a, a must-win fight, a fight that you simply can't afford to lose? No, because if I thought, I thought of it like that, I'd pressure myself up one and probably blow a gasket and not do any good. Fight number eight on my journey. This is my coming out party. You know, I'm going to be known very well in America after this because to even mention this guy's name in the same line as mine in boxing terms is terrible. You know, I'm going to show, I'm going to prove that on December 18th. And all these so-called people know what they're on about, ex-world champions, I'm going to prove that they don't know nothing about boxing when I go in there and dismantle, dismantle this man. Tommy Fury and John Fury, they're both speaking to Talk Sports' James Avundra. He's been a busy man, uh, James, in the last week or so. Remember, BT Sports' box office will show Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury exclusively live on Saturday, 18th of December. Busy uh, fight weekend, that one. Derek Chisora versus Joseph Parker on the same day as that as well. All right, let's welcome in again Gareth A. Davis, who I'm sure is going to be busy asking Tyson Fury loads of questions about Tommy Fury and John Fury, because I hear you're going to spend a lot of time in the next coming days uh, with Tyson Fury, Gareth. I am indeed. I'm heading up to, in fact, I'm heading up to Rotherham on Thursday morning to sit down with Derek Chisora ahead of his fight uh, with Joseph Parker. And then I'm heading uh, from Yorkshire to Lancashire and meeting up with Tyson Fury and uh, Gold Star Promotions, who are doing his homecoming tour after that brilliant trilogy win against Deontay Wilder. I'm on stage with him hosting him on stage at the uh, O2 Apollo in Manchester on Thursday evening. And then he goes to Birmingham, Cardiff, Leicester. And then I'm with him again in London, Indigo, Eddie, at the uh, O2 Arena next Tuesday night. Um, and then he goes up to Glasgow. I mean, it's always fun. I've, I've hosted Tyson on stage before. We'll, we'll talk about his life. We'll have a sing song. But in the green room, I'll be uh, finding out exactly what's going on at the moment. And I'll probably give us uh, hammer and tongs on exactly what's happening on our show next week, because I intend to come back and deliver the truth um, about A, how serious they are about beating up this guy, Jake Paul, through Tommy Fury, but B, getting to the bottom of all the things, getting to the root of all those things that we're talking about in the last section about what happens next with Tyson Fury, uh, what happens with Anthony Joshua. And Frank Warren is telling me, by the way, that he's hoping that there's going to be an announcement 
by early next week on what Tyson Fury is definitely going to do next because he's going into camp in January. There's no doubt about it. That's interesting. Uh, let's quickly get back to that Tommy Fury fight, December 18th. Um, if he loses to Jake Paul, is that it in terms of boxing for him, do you think? Like, I actually, and this is no disrespect to Tommy. I mean, look, I, I've spoken to him. You've spoken to him many times in the past. I mean, I find his boxing career, it's, it's a strange one because obviously he does so much else outside of boxing. Obviously, you know, he's, he's partner Molly May, very famous as well. But if he loses, is he going to want to continue boxing? Um, look, it's going to be highly embarrassing for him because, you know, look what happened at the press conference last week when they they, they had the link up by... Um, Video link up, Zoom link up with um, with Jake Paul. <laughs> I know, and you know, I mean, you know, Big John getting up and absolutely getting outraged by by Jake, who was winding him up. I mean, he was he was fluffing him up, wasn't he? he really was. I mean, he, he, he was, and you know, in a in a in a very kind of um, way that gets John absolutely riled. John is a fantastic um, has a fantastic knowledge of the sport and. You know, he, he does live through the success of his sons. He's totally involved in it, totally involved. I've known him a long time. He's, he, he, he eats, lives and breathes it. Um, and, you know, it, as John said to me in, in a phone call the other day, he's like, I do not see Jake Paul giving my son, Tommy Fury, proper, real problems because he's not a boxer and Tommy's been around it all his life. Yes, he's a novice in many ways, but... Um, does it does it mean it's the end for him? No, probably not. But you know that he'll need to to. It's going to make him a big star in America, no matter what. Frankly, but um, he, he can't afford to lose against Jake Paul. I don't see him losing. But you know, we didn't see uh, a Tiafimo Lopez losing to George Cambosis. I never thought I'd be comparing uh, a, a fight of that way. But we'll see anyway. But it's brilliant stuff. Yeah, it is brilliant stuff, and it's been a brilliant show as well. Loads to get through, and we've done it. Uh, this has been Fight Night Extra on TalkSport. Too. Remember, you can listen back to all our shows via the Fight Night banner on the TalkSport app. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 